He's so amazing. The Bible says in Lamentations 3 and 21 that his mercies are new every morning. He's faithful and true. Yes, good morning, Mechanicsville. How you doing this morning? This is Don Curtis, and this is another day that the Lord has made for you and for me to rejoice in and to be more than just happy but exceedingly glad. Yes, good morning to you. Yes, we have some new listeners with us in Chicago, Illinois. Good morning to you. Graysonville, Maryland, good morning to you as well. Alexandria, Virginia, good morning to you. Ashburn, Virginia, good morning to you as well. Yes, Waldorf, Maryland, Indianapolis, Indiana, Washington, D.C., Yes, San Jose, California. Good morning to you. Steadfast and true is your love toward us. Daily renewed is your mercy shown us. God of all gods. It's truly yes, our listeners in the United Kingdom. Good morning to you. WBR FM radio station in Wagenbury, England. Good morning to you. Yes, those that are tuning in in Spain and Canada, good morning to you. India and South Africa, yes, good morning to you. Truly amazing. That's who he is. You declare it amazing. Yes, he's amazing. Yes, he is. And it's grace. Everlasting love. everlasting love, yes, it's sufficient, and it's true, it leads us straight to freedom. Amazing. <laughs> That's who the Lord is. Come on, let's declare it together. Hallelujah. Everybody sing, stand fast. Your love toward us, daily renewed. Hallelujah. The God of all God. He's truly amazing. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Come on. Hallelujah. And I see your face. Oh, I'm sure I'm Yes, good morning to those that listen to us in Finland and Israel and Kenya this morning. Good morning to you.
Yes, our listeners in Germany and Nepal, good morning to you. Our listeners in Ireland, good morning to you as well. Switzerland, good morning to you. Yes, our listeners in Jamaica and Mexico, Saudi Arabia, good morning to you. Yes. Those in Australia and the Philippines, good morning to you as well. Those in the U.S. from the East Coast to the West Coast, good morning to you. He's amazing. Yes, he is. And I tell you, I'm just, I, I'm still excited. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm excited every single morning, every single day. Yes, I'm thinking about how Jesus Christ re- reveals the Father to us. Excited about the fact that God loves us deeply, tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. And that you and I, we are privileged and uh, honored to be able to really get to know who God is. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, you know, the greatest privilege that any man, any woman can have is to be friends of God, to have a personal relationship with him, to have God relate to you in a very personal way, a very intimate way, a very fulfilling way. Mm -hmm. And for you to know how he uh, feels about you and the fact that he uh, just continues to desire to to spend time with you. Yeah, Enoch, he had this testimony about his life after Melchizedek was born, that he, he walked with God. Yes, and his relationship was so tight with God that that he took him. In the midst of all the unbelief, in the midst of all the denial, in the midst of all of what they were going through when there was no church, there was no priest, there was no pastor, there were no prophets, there was no Bible, uh, there was no temple, there was no religion, there was nothing like that at all. Uh, But yet uh, Enoch had this testimony. He had this thing about him, that he knew who God was and that he was a rewarder of those who diligently sought after him. And he had this walk-in relationship with God. Yes, and that tells me that you don't need any of these other things really to walk with God and have this relationship with him. All it takes really is him and you. That's it. That's it. (laughs) And sometimes all these other things can hinder you or I or anybody from really having a vital, real, I mean, not just fake stuff, but a real relationship with him. And I, I tell you, it's an exciting thing. And I think the next thing that's so exciting is after seeing that and knowing that, 
that this relationship grows and fosters and matures and deepens, uh, particularly on our part, because God's part is always there, and we're discovering more and more just how all-encompassing his love is towards you and to me, and the real development, the real maturing and whatnot is on our end. Uh, for us to be able to respond, to be able to, as a result of being loved this way, uh, for it to produce in us this same kind of love that God has for us. We now, it's now being developed in us and not so much towards God because God really doesn't need it at all, but folk around us do. Uh, They need to be able to experience this agape love that God has for each and every single one of us. And he has made us to be conduits, to be uh, representatives of it, to be the channels through which his love flows out of us towards others. And it can't flow out of us until it, first of all, flows into us. And we realize that and recognize that. And so now... It flows into us and through us and out of us to those all around us. And Jesus, he is that faithful and true witness. And the most important, well, not the most, well, I guess it is, uh, teaching that came out of his mouth early on in this Gospel of John that we've been looking at as a means by which God, you know, reveals to us more and more what he's like as we have been responding to this invitation to come and learn about Christ, his first real pronouncement was with Nicodemus who came to him because they were curious about what made Jesus tick. They knew that he was special, that there was something different about him. And one of the things that he shares with Nicodemus is the fact that God did not send him into the world to condemn the world. That that was not his mission but rather that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He came to be given up so that the world might know uh, his love for us, his love for the whole wide world. Uh, Yes, Jesus is a proclamation, a declaration. Uh, It is a crying out loud. It is a lifting of his voice and speaking boldly and as loudly as he possibly can that God loves us. In fact, he loves the whole wide world. It's all-inclusive. Uh, it's not for a certain population. It's not for a certain group of people at all. But it's for the whole wide world. He, God so loved the world that, he, that it caused him to do something, caused him to move, uh, caused him to give up his only begotten son for you and for me. And so Jesus knew that he was God's love gift to you and to me. He knew this. He had known it for some time, and nobody else knew it, but he knew it. And and he all of what he has done and said is a demonstration, a proclamation of, of God's love for you and for me. And now we're in chapter 13 of, of John's Gospel, and there is a tremendous verse... <laughs> that he gives to us that continues with this thought. Uh, I'll probably read beyond that, but let's listen to this first verse. Now, therefore, now before the feast uh, of the Passover, when 
Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. His time had come. His hour had come. Um, and he knew this was it. This was it. And the Bible says that, that he was about ready now to depart out of this world back to his father. But this last part of this verse, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them until the end. Mm -hmm. This is what agape love looks like. This is what agape love does. This is what a divine, this is what divine love looks like. That despite all of what he had been going through and despite all that he was about to go through, uh, he was loving his own and he loved them until the end. There was no waning of his love. There was no second guessing of his love. There was no coming to an end of his love. This is what agape love looks like. When God loves you, nothing stops it from flowing. No, no. There's nothing that you ever do that will stop him from loving you. There's nothing that I will ever do or say that will stop him from loving me. This is the difference between human love that is very limited, that is very conditional, that is very selfish compared to agape love, divine love, which is not selfish, which has no end to it whatsoever, which is a love that is out of this world that can only produce, be produced by the spirit of God in a person. And this is what this world needs now. This is what marriages need. This is what families need. This is what you need. This is what I need. <laughs> this kind of love, not, not conditional, all kinds of strings attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> In fact, when there are strings attached to it, when there are conditions, it's really not agape love. In fact, it's really not love. It's, it's our invention of an emotional feeling that's very selfish at its core that will respond based on how people respond and react to you. And this is so, so very important because Jesus said, by this shall you know that you're my disciple. This is the way that the world will know that you really are a follower of Christ, a disciple of him, by the love that we have one for another, not for him, because as I mentioned before, he doesn't need it. He is a love. He is love. So he doesn't need anything from you or from me to validate who he is. He is love. But you and I, we sure enough need from him in order for us to validate who we are. God made us, created us, fashioned us, formed us in his likeness and his image. Well, what is his likeness and what is his image really like? If you were to boil it down, what would be the image and the likeness of God? What would it be? Well, the Bible answers that for us. God is agape. So God made you, fashioned you, created us in the image and likeness of agape. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And the agape life in you and the agape life in me will make itself known and manifest and seen and revealed by the way in which we agape one another. Mm-hmm. That we have an 
agape each other from the beginning. We agape and love each other until the end. That's what marriage vows really all about. That's what it's all about when a man and a woman in the presence of God and the presence of witnesses, family members and friends says, look, I've made a decision. I've decided I'm going to take this man to be my lawfully wedded husband to have in the hole from this day forward for richer, for poor, for sickness and health until what? Until death do us part. In other words, until the end. The man says the same thing. He looks at the woman and says, look, I've made a decision. This is not based on feelings, not based on emotions. It's just who I am. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. Yes. And I know what God is like. I know what godliness is all about. It's about agape love. And so he says, look, I take you to be my lawfully wedded wife to have no hold from this day forward. Listen, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health. Until what? Until the end. Yeah, until the end. Yes, until the end. And so Jesus reveals to us and shows us what real agape love is all about. And, and marriage is a demonstration. It is a declaration. It is a shadow. It is a type of what the relationship is between Christ and his church. And he's, he's sharing it to us right now. He said, look, he having loved his own. Who is that? That's his church. It's you. It's me. It's all of creation. Listen, he, he loved his own how long until the end. This is fascinating because it informs all of us about the nature of agape love, what it's like. Because we settle down and we look at and we consider who, who is it that he's loving. Well, if he's loving people who don't know him, who misunderstand him, who take him for granted, who really are after having their needs fulfilled as opposed to really understanding who he is. Mm-hmm. Persons who will deny him. He already knows that. He tells Peter. <laughs> Peter, we'll get to this later on in this chapter, but Peter says, look, I don't know about anybody else, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm here until death. I will fight for you. Mm-hmm. That's what he says out of his wife, out of his mouth. But he knows better. He tells Peter, look, I'm, I'm going to let you know. I, I know you inside and out. And you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but three times. You're going to act like you never knew me. You're going to run from me. In fact, the shepherd's going to be smitten. He's going to be struck and everybody's going to run. I'm going to be left all by myself. Except I'm not going to be by myself because my father, he'll never leave me nor forsake me because he he really does love me. Yeah, he really does agape me. Uh, Peter, you're just doing a human thing now. It's, it's, you, you really don't know what agape love really is all about. And you don't have the means by which to do this, even though you may in your heart think that you do. But in reality, you won't. Because guess what, Peter? You're going to deny me. And But guess what, Peter? I'm going to show you what agape love really is like. Despite all of that, I'm still going to love you. That's not going to be the basis upon which I'm going to leave you or I'm going to forsake you. No, it's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be like that. Because that's not the way I am. That's not the way my father is. That's not the way godliness is. That's not the way I am. No, no. He said, I'm going to love you until the end. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. This is what agape love really looks like. This is what divine love looks like. This is what God looks like. This is what godliness looks like. This is what it is. <laughs> yes, and so when we stop and think, this, this is what we need. This is what marriages need. This is what couples need. This is what families need. This is what all of us need. And particularly for those who na- us who name the name of Christ, this is what it's all about. He said, look, this is, this is the way in which other people in the world will know. This is the way in which you'll know that you are really my disciple, that you're really my follower. It's not by how many verses you know. It's not by how often you go to church. It's not by your title, your position in church. It has nothing to do with that at all. It has to do with one thing, one thing only. It's the description of what my dad is like. It's the description of what I'm like. It's, it's, it's one thing only. By this shall all men know that you are my disciple, my follower, that you are truly converted, that you really are born of my spirit, that you really are <laughs> one with me by the love that you have one for another, the kind of love that endures until the end, the kind of love that doesn't stop, (laughs) the kind of love that doesn't change, the kind of love that's always there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, this is maturity. This is growing up into the full stature of what Christ is really like. That even your enemies, you love them. In fact, Jesus said, look, if your enemy hunger, what do you do? Well, this is what love does. Love gives him to eat. If your enemy is thirsty, what does agape look like? Agape says, I'm going to give him something to drink. Mm -hmm. This is what agape is all about. And when we commit ourselves one to another, what does agape love do? It endures until the end. (laughs) That's what Christ does. That's what the Father does. That's what those who are born of his spirit do. They can't help themselves. It's natural. It's who they are. They have been made one with him. He that has joined his spirit to the Lord is one spirit. That one spirit is agape. Yes, divine, unconditional, no strings attached. Kind of love. That's why even in the prayer, we forgive one another in the same way that God has forgiven us. In other words, we Love one another in the same way in which God has loved us. Mm-hmm. And this is love that God laid down his life for us. And should not we also do the same for one another? We can't help ourselves because this is what love looks like. This is what love does. Mm-hmm. And it goes further. If supper being ended, that was just verse 1. It goes on and says, supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Uh, Judas is scary. Isn't that amazing? While divine love is present, so is the devil. Simon's son to betray him. Yes. Mm -hmm. The very opposite. Here is Jesus, divine love, agape love on one hand, the spirit of God sharing with us and showing us that he having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them until the end. But at the same time, here is the devil working his works. I wish we understood how the enemy works in our hearts and our minds. I wish we could really blast through and get deep down to what he's like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Having now put into the heart, it comes into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. One loves, the other one betrays. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands 
and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises up from supper and lays aside his garments and took a towel and gird himself. Mm -hmm. After he had poured water into a basin, he began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe him with the towel wherewith he was girded. Mm -hmm. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shall know hereafter. Mm -hmm. yeah, he was doing something that none of his disciples knew what was going on. Didn't understand the implications of it whatsoever. He said, look, Peter, you don't know what I'm doing. You don't have the foggiest idea, but there'll come a time when you will, you will know what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, here's, here's, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. Because now the devil has entered into Simon has, I mean, a Satan has has entered into the heart of Judas Iscariot, his enemy. The betrayer is right there. And what does Jesus do? How does he react? How does he respond? Does he point him out and say, well, you know, I'm going to have to skip over you. Yeah, my, my love has waned for you. I, I love you until the end. But guess what? I'm going to have to I'm going to have to lay you aside. I'm going to put you aside. Because I know what's in your heart. I know what's going on. Jesus knew exactly what was happening. But guess what? He went on and washed his feet too. Mm -hmm. In fact, his treatment of Judas was so sameness, there was no distinction at all be between any of his disciples that when Jesus announced that somebody there at the table was going to betray him, they didn't know who it was. They said, is it me? Who, who is it? That nobody thought right away it was Judas. They didn't say, well, we know exactly who you're talking about. We've been thinking that same thing. We've been keeping an eye on him, and he just ain't been acting right lately. No, that was not the case at all. There was just this sameness of God's love and his compassion towards every single one of them, that here was a traitor right there in the midst. And they didn't know. They couldn't know because God didn't have respect of persons whatsoever. He didn't honor them differently than he did Judas. Judas was not treated any different at all. He washed his dirty feet right there. Simon, he's all religious and whatnot. And he said, that, you, you're going to wash my feet? <laughs> and Peter, Peter said, you'll never wash my feet. No, you're not going to do that to me. He didn't understand what was going on. He said, but if I wash you not, that will have no part with me. In other words, Simon, you, you don't understand what I'm doing. You don't have to focus out there what love looks like. But if you don't allow me to love you this way, you'll have no part with me. I mean, I mean, you're trying to annex what I'm doing. You're trying to drive short of what I'm doing. You're missing the part. You're, you're missing the mark. You're, you're, you're not understanding who I am and what I've come to do. Yes, having loved his own. Yes, he, he loved him from the beginning. And he loved him all the way until the end. And that's what God is fashioning in you and in me. That's the only way you will know that you are for real. That's the only way I'll know that I'm for real. That our love doesn't come to an end <laughs> based on what somebody does or don't do. That's not what it's all about at all. That's not agape love. That's human love. That's manufactured love that come out of lost people. <laughs> people who are dead in their trespasses and sins. Because he's amazing. 
Hallelujah. But not from somebody who's been born again. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. All things are of agape. Good morning to you. <laughs> yes, good morning, Mechanicsville. Good morning, Waldorf, Maryland. Good morning, Lexington Park, Maryland. Yes, La Plata, Maryland. Good morning to you. Yes, Wagon Barrow, England. Good morning to you. Steadfast and true. Is your love us. Yes, those that listen to us on iHeartRadio, good morning to you. Yes, he's amazing. Yes, he is. This love is amazing. This will make you amazing, too. It'll make me amazing because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. The spirit of Christ, the spirit of agape. That's who he is. You declare it. Amazing. Amazing. Come on, let's talk about his love and his grace. It's an everlasting love. Yes. It's sufficient. And it's true. Leads us straight to freedom. who the Lord is. Come on, let's declare it together. Amazing. Hallelujah. Everybody sing, steadfast. Steadfast and true. Your love toward us. Daily renew. Hallelujah. He's the God of all God. He's truly amazing. Make no doubt about it. He's amazing. Come on. Hallelujah. for us. And I see your face. Oh, I'm sure I'll say. I can only imagine what I'll say. 